Kyle, can you comment on Devin and Jordan entering the portal? Yeah, they uh, made the decision that uh, it's best in their best interest to move on. Uh, they were great members of our program while they were here. Uh, both were all in uh, all the time. Uh, excellent work ethic, great teammates, great students. And so we wish them all the best. They were uh, major contributors for us. And uh, but like I said, they determined that that uh, moving on is, is best for them. And so we support that and, and uh, want nothing but success for them. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, were you at all surprised maybe by the timing of that, you know, the beginning of a game week, there's still one game to play, maybe two. Did that at all surprise you, just the timing of it? It did, but once they uh, explained their situations and, and uh, the the uh, thought process that they had, uh, you know, I, I somewhat understood. I still wish that <laughs> – and we still wish they would have uh, finished out the season with us. But, uh, they're done with their academics. Everything was in order. They had some uh, things that uh, needed to be done that they can only get done this week. And so uh, that's what they decided to do. But, yeah, we sure sure wish they would have uh, been able to finish out uh, this regular season. But uh, that wasn't the case. Just a quick follow-up to that. You had said last week that, you know, when you have a recruiting class coming in, you still like to keep a couple scholarships just in case things happen. Is this a case of, hey, now things are happening and it's good to have a few left over? Exactly. This exact scenario is why you keep a couple, two or three in your pocket, maybe four. And uh, there's going to be more change, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, with the likelihood of uh, the one-time transfer becoming approved next month. That would be, I think, a percentage. Percentages say that will happen. Then uh, you got to be ready to uh, replace guys that uh, leave, and if a certain position get, gets depleted. You got to have, you got to have a, an opportunity and ability to respond and, and uh, get that position uh, taken care of. And so, yeah, that's that's going to be our MO going forward until until the rules change. Next, we'll go to Patrick Kinahan, twelve eighty the zone, followed by Ryan Costeca from SI.com. I'm wondering if the kid goes into a transfer portal, whether he's from your school or another school, do coaches say like a kid, these two kids use them for examples. Well, well, coaches from other schools, will they reach out to you for sort of like a reference? On occasion, not always, but on occasion, uh, particularly if there's a relationship with the coach that uh, is interested in these players. And, uh, you know, if they don't reach out to me, there's a good chance they'll reach out to one of the assistants. And if there's a if there's a tie uh, between a uh, coach on the, the staff that is looking into the player and, and considering taking them, and uh, a member of our staff, then uh, usually people will exercise that uh, you know that uh, phone call and, and uh, get in touch. And we do the same thing. If there's if there's a someone in the portal that we're interested in, and we have uh, someone on the staff that uh, we know. Uh, from the school that he's coming from, we'll go ahead and make contact and, and get some background information. Next is Ryan Costeca, followed by Trevor Helen, kslsports.com. Hey, Coach, how you doing this morning? Good, thank you. So uh, can you speak quickly about, you know, Max Borgie of Washington State and how uh, there's a potential that he does return this week against you guys? I mean, just his all-around skill set and what he does to transform that offense? Yeah, he's a good player. He's a really good player and uh, he's not been able to, to get uh, you know, on the field this year, 
and uh, if he comes back, it'll make them a better offense, there's no doubt about it, because he's he's a guy that can do a lot of things. He, he runs the ball effectively, catches the ball out of the backfield, and, and uh, he's a complete back. And so if they have him available, that makes them that much more dangerous. Next is Trevor Allen, followed by Steve Bartle of UteZone.com. Kyle, how, how are you, you going to juggle your, your roster now that, you know, no, no one's going to be, you know, charged a year or anything like that. And, and then you have a, a, a class coming in for 2021. How are you able to juggle the roster? Well, there really is no challenge for that this coming fall, fall of 21, because the uh, seniors that opt to come back will not count against your, uh, your 85 uh, scholarship. Limit. And so the real problematic situation is going to be the next class and the next year, the fall of 22. And not so much the guys that got on your roster, but uh, recruiting. There's going to be very little room for new recruits because then everybody counts again in fall 22. And, and where everyone was frozen for that one year, you're going to still be you know, right up against the 85, basically, when uh, when you start the recruiting. And, and uh, you can never exceed that 85. And so that's going to be the, the class that's going to be tricky. And so this, uh, this next fall uh, shouldn't be a – an issue because, like I said, the, the seniors are, are not a, against your count. They're just bonus guys. And then to uh, follow up quickly, um, who, who's going to be your uh, third back now Now that you're down to two guys who've normally played? Who's going to be your, your third running back? Faisal Aiden is a guy that uh, has been in the program for a couple of years. He does a great job. He's been on the uh, scout team uh, up until now, but uh, he'll be elevated to the travel roster, and he will be uh, the third back going into this game this weekend. Next, we'll go to Steve Bartle, followed by Patrick Kinney. Morning, Coach. Good morning, Steve. Um, curious to get your thoughts on the differences between the Mike Leach air raid and the Nick Rolovich run-and-shoot offense. Are there big differences? Obviously, it's a, the same personnel, but are there differences between the two offenses? Yeah, there is big differences in the route structure. As I mentioned yesterday, the, the uh, personnel groupings and the formations – there's a lot of similarities and uh, the non-use of a tight end uh, or a fullback and there's very little use in any uh, of that position in those position groups. But, but uh, there is differences between the two, uh, you know, a lot more mess routes, crossing routes with, with coach Leach and, and the system he employs than uh, with what they're doing at Washington state right now. So the end result isn't a lot different. You know, they're both piling up passing yards and, and that's the, uh, the primary uh, thing they're trying to accomplish is throw the ball. But uh, there is a lot of difference in how they run the routes and the, the conversions off of those routes. And uh, it's, it's, we could come in and talk for an hour or two on that, but, but there is differences. And there is, they're, they're two separate uh, offensive attacks when you look at the route structure. We'll go next to Patrick Kinahan, followed by Josh Newman and Josh Furlong. How disruptive is it to a team as it's been this season when you start to play and then you miss a week or two and you can't play and then you got to come back in terms of the flow and just the rhythm of the team when this is happening? It's challenging. And uh, there's uh, most teams in Pac-12 have had that same disruption that, that we've had and that Washington State had. Now, our, our disruption was all at the front end. And we've been able to, you know, fortunately, continue to play since we missed those first two games, but, but uh, it's, uh, 
it's different than having a buy because if you have buy schedules, you know you plan accordingly and you, you adjust accordingly. But but these uh, disruptions occur sometimes with you know two hours notice, so so you don't know uh, exactly how to plan for it. You just got to be flexible. You got to adapt, and uh, you just got to continue to uh, stay positive with your guys and, and have your players stay positive. And we talked about this at the very onset of the season with our guys, that this season was going to be adversity times 10 when you talk about this compared to a, a typical season, and that's proven to be the case. Josh Newman followed by Josh Furlong. Kyle, in a normal year, you would be getting ready to sign your recruiting class in a week that you're not preparing for a game. You know, you're now preparing for a game. Signing day is tomorrow. How, how crazy ha has your week become because of that right now? Well, actually, if you're playing an early bowl game, which we have in the past at times, it's very similar to that because we would be practicing this week uh, if it was an earlier uh, scheduled bowl game. But uh, it is challenging to, to juggle the, the uh, signing day as long as, well, as, along with the preparation process of the game. But uh, our signing class, we don't expect, we hope that we don't have any uh, bad surprises tomorrow. We think things will go pretty much as expected and everybody that uh, is going to join us has already indicated that on social media and publicly committed to us. And so uh, we don't feel there's going to be much of a disruption. And uh, tomorrow morning we'll be getting most of the letters in, some will trickle in later in the day. But uh, it, it's doable. And like I said, we've, we've had a somewhat similar situation in the past when you're getting ready for a bowl game that, that uh, is a pre-Christmas bowl game. Next is Josh Furlong, followed by Chris Camrani from The Athletic. Kyle Solomon said that uh, he had a family member that died when you guys were playing in the Colorado game. You know, you're obviously hired to be a football coach, but you obviously have to take care of a lot of these kids that are still young, still trying to, like, grow into their adult years. What's, what's that process like for you to be, you know, there to help as, as kids lose family members or especially this year, the mental aspect of COVID and all those types of things? Yeah, well, it's our job as coaches to be mentors for these for these young men and, and essentially uh, taking over where their parents left off and when they turn them over to us you know we're responsible to make sure that that we uh, treat them like our own sons and that's how we do it here in Utah and uh, the coaches are responsible to be in to be in tune with every aspect of a player's life not just academics and football but socially and, and uh, emotionally and, and uh, just everything that goes on in their life we need to be involved with and, and be supportive and I believe our assistant coaches do a phenomenal job of that. And uh, that's one of the things that's woven into the fabric of our culture here is, is the way that uh, our coaches care about the players and, and put them first. This is a player's first program. Uh, we have a mantra that's all about the players, and we, we stick to that in every decision we make. And everything we do in this program is geared towards their well-being and their benefit. Following up on that real quickly, you know, this, the program is obviously known as a family first. That's what a lot of the recruits talk about, uh, just being able to have that connectedness. Is that, is that essentially what it is? Obviously, it's on the field, but it's, it's that type of mentality as well? Without a doubt. And uh, we have uh, pretty much every recruit that comes through here feels it and senses it. Now, that's not going to say they're going to choose Utah just because of that, but, but uh, every recruit that we bring on campus gets that feel and, and understands that uh, that culture is very strong Next, we'll go to Chris Kamrani, and then our final question will come from Steve Bartle of Ute Zone. Kyle, is there a number of running backs that you would like to add to the roster this offseason to challenge Ty going into next year? And if so, 
um, I assume you exhaust all potential options of doing so. Yeah, we do. And we're uh, budgeted, I guess you could say it's the right word, of five to six running backs, scholarship running backs on the roster. And that's where we'd like to get. Six is usually the ceiling and five is the minimum. And so we feel we're going to be able to get there. And uh, that's why you recruit every year. And, and the roster turnover is going to be more dramatic going forward with the, uh, you know, with the change in the, uh, the transfer structure. And so you just got to be prepared for that. You got to adapt. And, and uh, again, going back to the earlier question of keeping scholarships available after signing day, just in case, uh, really comes into play in situations like that. Just as a quick follow-up, is it harder to go out and find guys to challenge and establish, you know, number one, the way Ty seems to have done for himself this year? Uh, I would say with a high school recruit, yes, but with the transfer portal and, and being able to take guys off of uh, collegiate rosters, uh, it makes it more doable. Um, and we're not necessarily looking for a guy to come challenge Ty. We're looking for a guy to help us become a better football team and, and uh, improve the roster. That, that's why your recruit is to, is to uh, and that's when you evaluate these guys, can you, is this guy going to make us better? Is he going to add to what we're doing? And so that's uh, really the, the bottom line when you recruit kids because you believe he's going to add to what you're doing and make you better. And uh, that goes by degree. Some guys are going to make you a lot better right away, and some guys are going to make you a little bit better. But as long as you're getting better, that's the that's the objective. Steve Bartle. Coach, after months and months of, of effort and, and sometimes even years on the recruiting trail with some of these kids, I'm curious, what's the what's the mood like the day before uh, signing day? Or I should say the early signing period, not signing day, but just what's the mood like before, you know, a day like tomorrow where, where you expect these guys to sign? Well, we're excited for the, for the actual signing to take place. But uh, as I mentioned, our guys have been committed, most of them, for, for quite some time now. And this is just the culmination of a lot of hard work and effort. And uh, it's good to, it's always good to get them officially in the program. And uh, it's so, so there's excitement, but uh, it's not like it used to be many years ago. There was a lot more uh, late decisions and, and signing day decisions. And so it's, it's more uh, things are, are, are set up much more in advance and decided much more in advance than it used to be. 